Hi, my name is Nick Thompson and I run holisticvet.co.uk. We're based near Bath in England. I'm Dr. Brendan Clark. I'm based at Towerwood Vets in West Yorkshire. And my name's Dr. Connor Brady, the non-vet of the gang from dogsbirth.ie. And together we are Raw Pet Medics. <laughs> We're here with Dr. Brendan Clark and Dr. Connor Brady, and we are Raw Pet Medics. We're delighted, absolutely delighted to be here. Guys, are you well? I certainly am, yeah. I, uh, I, if you might notice, I've got a little bit of a scratch on my nose. Can you see the scratch on the top of my nose? I can't point to the right place. because <laughs> This is a great screen. story, guys. Have you been, have you been <laughs> brawling? Connor, oh, yeah, have you been I've brawling? Told, I've already told you. I forgot I already told you. I was saving it. I thought the lads are going to love this. But I've already told you. <laughs> so I have this. I have this new website. I'm trying to get going. I need photographs, and I I've been using the same photograph for the last ten years. Me with hair, and uh, I've just said, look, I've got to do. We noticed. I've got to do <laughs> modern photographs. So I I, I had uh, scheduled schedules. I say scheduled. Do you say scheduled or scheduled? I say envelope. Envelope. Okay, that's, that's great, posh. Um, I so, say I say tomato. <laughs> Tomato. You, you definitely say tomato. You definitely say tomato. Yeah. Tomato. Do you say? Do you say tomato? Tomato. Like that. Uh, there you go. There you go. Do you say bath or bath? Bath. Bloody hell, lads. These are these are easy ones. What about A L M O N D? What do you say for A L M O N D? Almond. Okay. Almond. You pronounce Almond. the L. Yeah. yeah I, I see. I see almond. With almond. No you do. L. Yeah. It's like sometimes yeah. you don't pronounce your ors over there sometimes. This so, is it. Uh, I can't yeah. think of examples all of a sudden. But hey, I'm aware I'm talking to a largely 90% English audience, so I should probably, yeah. <laughs> so I had, I had scheduled to see this uh, photographer three times, and they're not cheap, you know. So this third time anyway, various things had happened, and COVID related, and then the third time, let's go. The night before, it's lashing rain, and I'm getting stuck in the rain trying to put the kids in the car, and they're not really going willingly. <laughs> And I get all flustered and I turn around and I smack my nose off the boot of the car. So I was feeling very cheesed off. So it was quite swollen, but it looks back in normal shape now at the moment. But, uh, <laughs> well, it's not fair. I just said, could he not edit it out? Is he not got some ways that I could just with like straighten my teeth and put this out and take a few inches off? And, yeah, I thought about, the hell out of it. You just need to put some more foundation on, Connor. <laughs> Can you get rid of some of these wrinkles? You know, not, not just the normal one that you always wear. Yeah, I do have a light Seven days a week. Yeah, the yeah, you know, on yeah. Them in. a bit more. Um, you you know what's going to happen next time. So it's going to get to the next time it's booked, and all of a sudden it's going to get chicken pox from his children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a... <laughs> yeah. But, um, is, guys, tell me, have, did either of you do, do weigh yourselves regularly, and did you put on any weight over Christmas? Serious, yes, yeah. I'm afraid so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I I normally avoid carbs, and actually, that is a good um, uh, link into today's topic of obesity. You do avoid carbs, you do. Yeah. Um, and I find if I find if I if I stop drinking wine and stop on the carbs, I will lose weight within about three days. Brian's doing the opposite. Go <laughs> for maximum carbs. Brent, we're, we're the opposite ends of the spectrum. We're going to see how big we can grow, Brian, over six months and how much we can shrink. Me. It's going to be like, it's like that go large. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have two, two screens. Super size. Yeah. Um, Super size me. But yeah, I was surprised when I went and met you guys last time and that you, when you say you're off the carbs, you bloody mean it. Like you, you don't, we were in this fancy restaurant, you didn't put the dessert, and I'm like, oh, yes. 
So uh, <laughs> if you don't touch this, you barely you would barely have a piece of bread. And even though the bread was absolutely divine, you barely touched it. It was divine. Like, oh, wow, yeah. you don't eat carbs at all. That's quite a thing. I do a lot of veggies, but I don't do carbs, and I'm not yeah. I'm not religious about it. I had a slice of bread today, so you know it. I, you need to keep under about fifty grams of grain carb per day. That's oh, yeah. kind of the uh, that's Tim Noakes talked about that. Okay. Professor Tim Is Noakes, he's a guy to watch structure. in South Africa. Refined carb, yeah, fifty yeah. grams, which yeah. is about four slices of rivita, I think. That's no, not bad. Okay, but it means it's no not... mashed no mashed potato, no rice, no oh, uh, yeah. no sweet potato, no quinoa, no nothing. That is starchy. Our carrots, yeah, it's not, yeah. <clears throat> If you, I mean, it's, but it's only if, I mean, when I was at school, we were taught, and here we go, we're going into the, into the discussion already. Yeah. We were taught, if you eat fat, you will get fat. And that mm. has been roundly thrown mm. out of the scientific discussion. And it seems to be that it's carbs that do it, because carbs bump up your insulin, and your insulin makes your body think that you're going into a siege or going into the winter, and so to grab as many fatty acids and amino acids and pack them away as much as possible. And that's really as simple as that, isn't it's it? It's so simple, isn't it? Yeah, the winter yeah, thing how is... Yeah, drives, how it drives, the one, the production of triglycerides, which is the big issue in the liver, but two, yeah. also how it, as a, almost a growth promoter, tells your fat cells to start growing and actually deposit that fat and hold it for yeah. when times are leaner. But the other downside is the long-term issues of how you become insulin-resistant mm. So mm. actually, it drives you to need more sugars and starches in your brain, take more of those. There's all sorts of issues with how hard it is then to lose the fat yeah. once you've got into that progress. And then the other issues around the inflammatory changes that happen within your system when you start to become insulin resistant yeah. because of the increased glycation of the, the cell membranes and stuff like that, which actually just you know, yeah. compounds so many other problems. That's kind of, it's kind Brent. of like... Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's no, no, kind Connor. of the opposite end. It's like, so Nick, what you're, what you're saying there, and you just touched on the winter thing, this was a normal part of our life. I mean, there's a reason sweet fruits give us the sugar that spiked our insulin, that packed on our fast before wintertime. So this was a normal thing we've been doing for millions of years. Mm. We pig out on this juicy fruit stuff and uh, it helps us pack on a bit of uh, fat for what is a leaner winter. Only now, the difference is we have got access to that sweetie fruit in various forms. People think bread is not sugar. It's just pure sugar of a different form. Pasta, uh, rice, it's all sugar to your body. And we have a 24-7, I get this, roll out of a cave and go try to find some. It's like, I'm going to roll out, eat Cheerios in bed before I get up. Then you're eating carbs. So it's constantly hitting this insulin. So it's, Insulin has gone from being kind of useful to us to get us ready for winter, and now it's our enemy. And Bren has just highlighted that when you get into that state, uh, it is very interesting that it, the body struggles to forget. You know, it's like you teach it that this is the mode you're in, and uh, the idea of calories in, calories out has gone out the window as well, just like the idea mm -hmm. of eating fat. I mean, there's so many things that can affect obesity. It, it, it's crazy. It's just, oh, and that, so that whole thing of, yeah, that understanding that actually anybody has a set calorific rate just depending on their body size. You know, let's, let's face it here. You know, your brain uses, I think it's a third of all of your calories. Um, but that is only that on the standard. However, as soon as you go into a fasting state, actually your body can reduce its overall calorific intake by a third 
without any problems. It goes, it can actually decrease it what? that dramatically. And this is why some people have real problems losing weight, because if they keep going into these sudden dives into starvation, the body closes down all the use of those calories to a point where it's only really a brain picking over. And, and the amount of extra calories you use by getting on the treadmill, you know, going out to the gym, you know, these gym memberships that go through the roof in, the, in January time. You know, actually, the overall calories you burn in those sessions is minuscule compared to your daily requirement. Yeah. What mm -hmm. you need to be looking at is the foods that drive your metabolism. It's like putting your, your phone on battery saving mode. And when you click get on battery saving mode, it knocks off the less important apps that are spinning around in the background all the yeah. time. And just which critical ones you want on. And then you can go into mega saving where it's like a dim down screen and like, you know. Yeah. So your body has these settings. It's like, okay, you don't need to be doing that at the moment. But we will keep this on at about an 80% rate and this on at a 70%. rate. It's insane because it's been years. It's just millions and millions of lives have, have, have given us this body that does this. But now we're living in this crazy alien environment where the rules have gone out the window and mm. our body is struggling to catch up. And it's understanding those little processes that really shines a light on the whole thing. And um, it, it, gut flora even is just so interesting, taking the gut flora from, from fat mice and putting them in skinny mice. Yeah. And the skinny mice get fat. I mean, what? Yeah. Uh, it, it's just, and, and uh, it just it goes on and on. I've actually got a few slides I wanted to show later, Bren, uh, when we get to it. But uh, talking about this insulin thing, because it's really interesting to uh, sort of people to understand the role of hormones and how powerful they are and uh, how much you nearly have a, don't have a choice when these things are flowing, your body is going to respond to them. So that's why you need to control your food into this particular types of food that switch the hormones on, insulin in particular, because insulin, once it gets going, it's doing one job and it's packing your fat stores and that's what it does, you know? So um, anyway, I'll show those slides later. Do you want to um, go into that now while we're there? Yeah. As I'm getting the slides yeah. ready, I want to say, guys, we're on patreon.com forward slash raw pet medics. Uh, price are. of a cup of tea or a cup of coffee uh, or a pint, if you like, um, or a bottle of wine in Bren's case. Absolutely, <laughs> we would appreciate it. Um, it does help That's us. That's why I'm in a dark cupboard tonight. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I've been locked away after my birthday. <laughs> oh, it's your birthday, Bren. Oh, geez. Happy birthday. Sorry ah, about yeah. that. I missed this. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so Raw Pet Medic on, uh, on Patreon.com would be great, guys. Uh, if you've done it, thanks very much to everyone. We've got a lot of sponsors on there at the moment, and it really, really helps us to prepare and keep things in line. We have some good ideas. We had a great meeting during the week there of things that we mm. can do. So simple. We just need the lab to say, yeah, this, this, and this. Give us a price. But unfortunately, yeah. they need, yeah. we just need to find people to work with that. Um, ben, can you let me share my screen now and just do four, four simple yeah, slides? You, yeah, as soon as you're sharing, I'll start the video for it. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, slideshow, boom. Okay. I am sharing. Have you ever shared slides like this before? This is cool. There you no, go. This, there is, you go. this is te Brand technology, new my word. Here you go. This, uh, can you see that slide now? Yep. All yeah. good. Go for so, it. Go um, for it. This, this, this guy, Tobes, why we get fast. Uh, he is the boss of the whole sugar kind of, uh, well, not the boss, but he, he's written some brilliant stuff on carbohydrate, explaining to you in simple terms the obesity crisis is fantastic. Uh, I think every, it should be a required reading for GPs so they understand what the hell they're talking about. Um, but he's got a cracking line that you need to wrap your noodle a bit uh, over here. It's called, we don't get fat because we overeat. We overeat because we're getting fat. And that's a killer line. And I love something like that. It's like a total conundrum. But to understand what he's talking about, 
he starts with this example of Wade, who did huge amounts of experiments on, on poor old black rats. And uh, he, in, so in the 1970s, Wade got these two groups of uh, female rats. And on the left is a rat that uh, she has her ovaries and she's allowed to feed ad lib as much as she likes on food presented to her daily. And on the right, the same type of rat is allowed to feed uh, ad lib uh, as well, but this time she had her ovaries removed. Okay, so they wanted to see what the effect of removing ovaries, the sex hormone, had on the weight gain in, in the rat. And as you might suspect, based on what we know from dogs, um, that the rat on the right, once uh, yeah, she was allowed to feed that lib, not quite fat, without her sex hormones. And they thought, wow, there's a really important role of sex hormones here. What's going on? Um, so they thought, okay, that was a bit simple, a bit simplistic. So Wade wanted to push the boat out a little bit. He said, okay, this time what we're going to do is we're going to have on the left a normal rat with her ovaries allowed to feed ad lib again. And on the right, the rat with her ovaries removed, but this time she's on a strict diet where her calories are absolutely maintained and what she needs during the day. She didn't have an option to overeat. Okay, so that was quite simple. And what did you think happened? The rat went and got fat. And they said, well, how did you do that? Because we gave you strict calories. Mm -hmm. And just as Nick was alluding to, what she did was drop her activity levels. So these rats were living in rat park, they called it. And so they had access to mates and wheels and fawn, and it was just a heaven place to live. But this time, when the, rat, the rats in the rat park had their ovaries removed on a strict calorie intake, they decided not to exercise as much, and they got lazy. And they got lazy to preserve calories to get fat. It was like the rats on the right were on a train to get him fat, and the body was going to do whatever it takes to get there. Initially, she overate. And secondly, if you, if you remove that option, she got lazy. So this is the first kind of inkling into what's going on. Um, he says this other great line, gluttony and slop are effects of the drive to get fatter. So if you're a 12 and 13-year-old boy sitting around and he's lazy, it's not that he's being lazy, it's because he's growing and he's preserving calories. So fascinating insight. And that's exactly the example he used. He says, like, you know, you go see your nephew, he's 11 years old, and then you see him like two weeks later and he's two foot taller. And you go, what the hell happened to you? And as Tobes explains, this kid, he's not growing because he's eating more. I mean, that kid is going to grow more no matter what. We've all got enough access to food here in the Western world. It's not a big issue. He's eating more because he's growing. That kid was growing no matter what. And we know the reason that kid is growing is because of testosterone and, and, and all the other associated sex hormones going on in the lab. Okay, we understand that. That's all he needed to share on the slides, guys. Because people would say, okay, well, that's all to do with ovaries and sex hormones and testicles and stuff. And you go, well, yeah, it is. But as the lads have just explained to you there, the hormone we're talking about today is insulin. And so uh, insulin, we have suddenly started injecting into our bodies un unwittingly by eating sugar. So eating sugar, rapidly digested carbs, ultra-processed food, anything that's gone through a factory that's easy to digest, dry food, uh, you know, that stuff in any form, overeating sugar, sweets, jellies, sugar in our coffee, sugar, 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 high fructose corn syrup, that stuff gets into the blood rapid and it spikes insulin. And when you spike insulin, insulin is an anabolic hormone. It's a growth hormone. So what you're eating is way more than how much of that uh, you know, cabbage and Brussels sprouts you might be eating. I just wanted to keep it very simple with those slides to explain about... Um, how they, they found out about all this kind of stuff. You can, you can get rid of my slides there. I don't need to show more than that. You know, that whole thing about cholesterol levels, um, you know, in people, is that truly because they're eating too much fats, too much cholesterols, and actually you suddenly get into the depths of stuff that's being talked about now. I mean, you know, many of the books 
of 40 odd books that we talked to you guys about last year um, uh, have in them those references towards those studies of saying, well, look, actually, it's not the cholesterol levels, particularly, it's those triglyceride levels, and it's the type of triglyceride, you know, which density they are, that can become more damaging if you've got damaged vessels, i.e. you've got damaged cells because of glycation or, or some other um, issue that's going on that causes you to have plaques, for instance, and other problems there. And I think, so going back, I would say it's, it's not actually been that long since um, I've gone down that, but it has been out there for quite some time that people have oh, been yeah. talking about that, probably, you know, 20, 30 years, but you just don't, you know, pick up on everything, 20, 30 though. years yeah. ago, people in, well, 10 years ago, people in universities are still being taught. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, mine was kind of a couple of years before the wedding, uh, I got married in 2015, but a year before that, and I was trying to get in shape properly uh and uh the guy was just saying look then you're working them you're not doing anything really so i'll take you under my wing and we can do this plan and you got to get your diet right and he had really forced the whole kind of sugar thing how's your sugar i said oh, i've got a bit of a sweet tooth and he goes look doesn't everybody but he, he said look this is the food you need to eat he didn't criminalize carbs he didn't say look if you're going to eat carbs it has to be whole grain stuff and small amounts that lean towards your your veggies and your and your meat at the time but he started pointing the finger at sugar and then uh, yeah, very rapidly. I remember at the time, um, Michelle Obama was running a campaign, and I'm probably going to um, mess this up a little bit, so sorry in advance, Michelle, if you're listening, I suspect she is. I would say that she, she, she was running a campaign about kids should eat less sugar. So every, They love three words in America, eat less sugar. Everybody loves three words. There's a reason for it, because we can't take in complicated messages anymore. So yeah. wear a mask, wash your hands, eat less sugar. So eat less sugar worked, and she was pushing that. And then her um, her campaign swerved because that message is not a message that you will hear uh, the U.S. government pushing very readily. Even though the, the the amount of sugar consumption in America has gone through like 150 pounds of sugar a year, each American is eating or something colossal. And um, her message changed to uh, move more, get out, move more, or something like that. So she. Went from originally having the correct message, which is 90% of your weight gain weight is explained by the stuff you're putting in your face, to move more as if you can exercise your way out of a bad diet, which we know is impossible to kind of coke your stuff, you know. So I, I remember that changing and thinking that was. Was that when it was sponsored by Coca Cola? Yeah. Quite. <laughs> yeah. Like they've all got money in the game. There's a reason for it. And also, the same huge money groups own all the same multinationals. They own big sugar, they own the pharmaceuticals, they want to sell more insulin. I know it sounds very dark and insidious, guys, but like, the obesity crisis is solved with a switch of a pen, put a, just create a huge sugar tax on cheap foods and whatnot. You know, we don't get these messages for a reason, anyway, particularly in the US. So I heard that and I thought, wow, that's dark. When I looked into it then, and probably Nick at the time, you were probably pushing that sugar thing very hard and I started reading the, reading the books. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, the final piece of the puzzle was, how can we keep on getting fatter? You know, so, uh, and the, one of the, Robert Lustig was the guy's name, Nick, I was trying to think of, Professor Lustig, and he's the boss of all this. I had shared his video before on Facebook, guys, about the skinny on obesity. Uh, really, really interesting five-part pre-series on YouTube. Check it out. But he was the guy, his team were the guys that discovered um, insulin actually tells the brain to stop producing leptin. Isn't that right? Or to stop being um, susceptible to leptin, or to turn off your receptors to leptin. leptin it, it, it induces leptin resistance, essentially. Leptin is the is the compound that tells you, it tells your brain it's not enough to switch it off. 
So that was the final piece of the puzzle for him uh, with the sugar thing. The, the lesson for everybody would be eating less sugar, eating less carbs. And what we have in front of us is a bloody meat eater. You know, as, as you can argue all day about how much plant matter this animal might eat out, out and about, but he certainly wouldn't eat a whole lot of fruit. And, you know, oh, I'm gone. I'm back. So, like, the fact that the, the, the companies are, are feeding them a huge amount of carbohydrates because they might be a source of energy, it's like, you know, chocolate bars and Coca-Cola are sources of energy. It's, it's idiotic to, to take that mm. as a stance. Is there any science? And there bloody isn't. You look into the small animal clinical nutrition, 1,200 pages, this just behemoth of a book, and there's just not a single long-term study thinking this is a good idea. You won't find one single study showing carbs are a benefit to a dog, only that there's no harm in three-day studies and six-day studies, you know. And so, um, yeah, the, the science is very confused on this one, but we know what the answer is about. Anyway, okay, so listen, people have, people have some big dogs. Uh, I want to explain one thing about the, the, at the moment, there's a graph of one to nine that they have out there saying, if your dog is, you know, number five, he's the correct weight. Level one is like dangerously skinny, kind of cancer skinny. You're going to, you know, that's, it's probably not healthy. And uh, two is very, very skinny. We don't recommend it. Three is kind of lean. And four is lean, pretty lean, but not five is ideal. And then six, seven, eight, nine, you start getting really fat and obese. So that graph, while there's decent signs from the middle upwards up to overweight and obese where you don't want to be, there is zero sign to suggest a dog wouldn't be healthy or healthier at level four or three because mm -hmm. dogs are animals that are supposed to be elite. These are long-distance running animals for the large part. Okay, you're going to name some funny breeds in the comments, I know. But most dogs are long-distance running animals, big nose for smelling out dead animals very, very far away. And so that's what they are. And they're supposed to be lean. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have all this excess body fat on them. And so why wouldn't dogs? The, the longest-living, healthiest societies in the world are the leanest. They were on that scale would be on two and three and you know the images of these rural people on islands in japan that are still climbing lime trees and picking limes at 100 and stuff running laps around a track that sort of stuff does not happen in western society too easy you know and so being lean is a very very healthy thing to do this idea of a bell-shaped curve of normality for health for for weight isn't ideal if i was being asked i would always say very lean dog i love a lean dog and it's easy enough to do if you cut out the carbs and the sugar and the berries and the fruit and the bananas and the biscuits, think about that Jack Russell. He's seven, eight times smaller than you. So one biscuit for you, when you give that, him that biscuit, that's 10 biscuits to him, you know? So we don't ever think that. We think, oh, he loves a marietta or whatever biscuits he likes to eat. Like, so th those one sausage is like seven or eight sausages to him. So when you are trying to get your dogs lean, you need to move towards this whole keto buzz that here people talk about, which is simply meat and bone and fast, and stay with those ingredients, ending with a picture, ending with a face, as you say, and leave off the carbs and the bits of porridge and the bickies and stuff and the, and the treats. Uh, he can have lean treats, but um, that's it. And also, uh, where would you be on the, on the guys? If, if, a, if a dog comes in to you guys and he's kind of big, what's the first kind of one or two tips? Is diet the first thing you go to? Uh, yeah, go raw. I would say go raw. And also... Treats, you can give as many treats as you like, more or less, but they've got to be just dried, meaty type treats, not no, the, no bonios, no uh, toast, yeah. no yeah. corner of pizza on a Friday night, all that kind of thing. And there is that social proof thing. You know, how many people on the park, if you go onto the parks, if their dog is a normal, good dog shape, people frown at them as if you're <laughs> underfeeding your dog. Yeah, you know, it's almost it's become good. that social thing of we expect 
dog to be of a certain rounded figure. Um, yeah. And it's just like, that's not necessarily a healthy position for these dogs to be in. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah, I love, you know, diet, absolutely. I think um, mixing and matching the fasting, um, I think, actually helps. You know, the sort of equivalent to a 5-2 diet or, you know, even the the where you have a longer period in the day, I think also can be really helpful to try and keep those dogs in some sort of shape. So, you know, a bit of intermittent fasting, I think, doesn't go amiss fasting in some of these great, cases. Yeah. On, on that um, get, get them moving. Uh, exercise mm-hmm. on its own. Uh, uh, Alex German has said uh, uh, it only will impact only 5%. Mm. i.e. not very much. I'm not sure how he measures that, but it gives you the idea that you, you, in human medicine, you can't outrun a bad diet. No, definitely not. They say about okay. 10%, but it does knock off your stress levels and it does tell your brain yeah. that this is the sort of environment I'm in at the moment. So if you're running yeah. and all that, well, then this body fat is not going to help you. So we're going to start. So there's a lot of processes. It does help. It helps reduce your stress. Mm. Stress keeps the pounds on and all sorts of stuff. Keeps your, so yeah, it's not so much about shedding the calories as setting your body up uh so that cardio exercise even long walks you know stick on a podcast on a brisk walk that does as good as a, as a dog getting the brain set up but it is all about calories i'm not gonna have a go at, at experiment live on air i would say he is your friend but i would say that he's probably a spokesman for uh carbohydrate feeding to to to, to pets and i i would i would very strongly disagree with uh that approach as someone said, it's about GL, glycemic load. Don't forget if you're choosing veggies, to choose low glycemic load. What that person means by that is not the starchy stuff, not potato, sweet potato. Essentially, the least amount of starch, the least amount of sugar. And what ingredient has the least amount of sugar on the planet? Meat. We know it works to shed weight. Like it, There is one element to that just to be aware of. Yeah, protein. If you overload protein especially mm. poor quality protein that may have been corrupted by processing, the body converts that through a pathway into glucose. Yeah. So it's yeah. near glucogenesis. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that stimulates insulin. So you actually go into, you've got to be quite careful that you don't just go raw food and make it a really rich, high protein diet yeah. and actually risk you know, coming away from being um, ketogenic um, which is where you can get some improvement um, in reducing that insulin resistance and in, um, improving the reduction in insulin levels naturally occurring. That there is that one element, I would yeah. say, with, with raw. Be careful that you're not going to pure protein sourcing. Chicken breast type. type chuck a bit of fat. Chuck yeah. a bit of fat in there. Okay. That's it. Most meat comes with fat. Okay, yeah. so is it a bit of fat that helps with that then? So it's just yeah. don't go yeah. turkey breast diet type thing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's good advice. Um, and so what else, guys? Like, you know, we've got a, you've got, you know, eating rice, eat grunt or raw diet uh, and reduce the carbs. As, as Brian was saying there, getting your feeding done within six, eight hours is probably a good idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Intermittent fasting and giving the body 16, 18 hours off of that, that's, that's going to be useful. Some exercise. Um, so, you know, particularly older dogs, we say, oh, I've got to get the weight off this older dog. I would look at that older dog as being under quite a lot of stress for the last few years, and those joints would be seized up. And I would say that dog could do with lots of things beyond supplements. Maybe before you start any sort of like coming home, I feel so guilty. Let's get the throwing arm with my big fat lab. I mean, that's how you're going to snap that tendons and ligaments. I, I was thinking, would maybe a bit, a little bit of acupuncture, a bit of hydrotherapy to ease the dog back into moving and getting the joints opened up and stuff. 
you guys recommend much of that? Certainly trying to control any inflammatory processes. And there's a number of herbs and stuff which will help that. And that helps generally with the body and how things are happening right the way through the gut and also influences what happens with that microbiome. You, you touched on microbiome and the importance of that earlier on because that also will have an influence. I think yeah. there's a couple of things that are being highlighted here about you know, how long can you stay on low-starch diets um, forever, um, I think is the other thing for that. Um, and the other question that you asked, Banjo Banjo, whoever you are, about how long can you stay on keto diets? Uh, do you cycle? I mean, uh, Nick, you're a good one on that, I would think. I would. Okay, so for keto, I think it's quite difficult to get a dog into ketosis and keep them in ketosis in, in, at the Keto Pet Sanctuary in uh, Texas. They work really hard. They're taking blood twice a week in order to keep them up into a ketogenic diet. But essentially what they do is they get lots of meat, bone, and uh, they put a dab of uh, coconut oil in there as well, and also one or two sprouts as a kind of proportion of the bowl. That's how, I, if you go to Keto Pet Sanctuary, you'll be able to see they will actually, you can, you can create a ketogenic diet for your dog. I don't think most dogs need it. If they've got cancer, I would go there because I think it's very, very helpful for the body. If they, if you need to lose some weight, I think, uh, and that would be for, for, for pretty much long term. If, they, if you wanted to drop some weight, you'd go keto, get the weight off, and then maybe bring in some, some more veggies um, uh, a little bit down the line in order to get a, a, a balance once you've reached a nice weight. There are other reasons why you might go keto, for example, if you've got epilepsy, in which case you may be ha having to go keto for a, 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 long, a long period. But if the dog is healthy and well, then why not? I've got a, a Dalmatian who's been eating Welsh lamb and nothing else for the last six, seven years. That's it. That's the only thing he can tolerate because otherwise his skin flares or his gut flares. That's it. We tried. And we know because we tried absolutely everything. So yeah. you can have quite restricted diet. I wouldn't advise it, but you can, yeah. together with your vet, look into uh, those things. Or look at the keto pet sanctuary yourself. Yeah, that lamb and rabbit. Make sure you have a keep an eye on the taurine there because lamb diet on its own, lamb and rabbit. That's the taurine warnings, isn't it? Lamb and rabbit ones could be because the ultra processed version. But it's one thing. Michelle called up a great point there. Um, she said, uh, "Guys, what about hypothyroidism? Um, how prevalent mm. is that? And is that something? How do people tweak that? Mm, maybe I'm looking at something else here." Well, again, it's an, you know, one of the inflammatory processes that leads towards um, the immune-mediated diseases. And we know that for dogs, it's hypothyroidism, which is an attack by the body on the thyroid. Um, and that generally is what is reducing. So it is an inflammatory process. So again, you reduce that inflammation. I'm going to touch on some herbs for um, anti-inflammatory properties um, because that's been asked a bit on the, the right hand side Nick's probably got a few as well um, but I would definitely say um, thyroid yes I think quite prevalent there's a great book Nick advocates around the thyroid epidemic from Gene Dodds mm. um, uh, have a read of that if you haven't come across it already um, certainly there is an influence there but whether it's primary or secondary and then the the secondary effects of having a low thyroid lead towards this um, is another another issue. I think. Shoot off top um, five top five symptoms of hypothyroidism. Uh, 
Um, oh, now, so mostly we would consider lethargy, weight gain, um, slow heart rate. Um, and stuff. Uh, yeah, just, you know, that sort of uh, side of things. However, we now know that actually some behavioral issues, so some anxiety increases, um, therefore some dogs can get a little bit more edgy um, around it. There are some breeds which will actually lose weight, strangely enough. So it's really difficult mm -hmm. to just pigeonhole hypothyroidism into just one set of symptoms, I think. Um, I think the general thing people would look at is weight gain, skin disease, um, having um, a lower appetite yet still gaining weight, um, feeling quite cold um, and slow heart rate. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I totally agree with you there, think? Brent. Yeah. It's, I, there's a few. I like very, very simple guidelines. And, and one would be if you've got a dog and it's eating a fraction of what any, any other dog of that size and they're still not losing weight, I think you've got to think about hypothyroidism. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing, the other thing that I, I always say to people is, it doesn't. If the disease process you're looking at does not make sense, and you've been to the vet, you know, three, four times, and everybody's scratching their heads, going, "Oh, blimey, what's happening here?" Whether it's skin or gut or weight or whatever it might be, if it doesn't make sense, just make sure you know where that thyroid is. The book is a, an absolute oh, essential for any, anybody with dogs. Yeah. The canine thyroid yeah. epidemic, yeah, by Dr. Gene Dodds, J E A N, yeah. Gene Dodds. Uh, it's it's a it's an absolute game changer, and she says forty percent of aggressive dogs in the U in the USA are hypothyroid. Yeah, you think they're all sluggish and fat? They ain't. Yeah. They can be nervy, skinny, and aggressive. Yeah. So anything can be hypothyroid, and uh, and and that, that that's that's my guideline. Um, some some um, of the supplements here, guys. It's, it's we mentioned we wanted to say some natural anti-inflammatory kind of herbs. I tell you, obese, you're trying to lose weight. You need some help. I wanted to highlight one thing. It was a great study in France of uh, big drinkers in France. So people, borderline alcoholics, they got 400 of them. And they fed 200 of them uh, uh, broad-spectrum probiotics. And they slashed their drinking by like, you know, wow. huge amounts, let's say half, in 30 days. And what these probiotics were targeting was, um, it was they were trying to eliminate the sweet tooth in our head, which is actually our gut floor saying, get sugar, get sugar, get sugar. We think we really want that beer or we really want that glass of red wine, which we do. It's got a nice kind of opiate-like effect, but actually it's got a lot of sugar in there as well. So a lot of huge drinkers could actually be really addicted to the sugar that uh, a beer definitely gives you. And so it wow. switched off that sweet tooth. And I thought getting back to taking the, uh, the, pro, the good floor from fat mice and putting them in skinny mice, the skinny mice get fat. Your good floor is a huge thing. So like a, a cheeky little use of probiotic might be a... a um, yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, therefore you sort of lean on to then the, you know, candidiasis. So it's where you'll get candida flats and things like that. We know that people are driven to taking sugars because those plaques feed into the system and tell the body you need to take on more sugar. So this is, you know, where the gut starts to drive what you want to do, you know, gives mm -hmm. you those hormonal influences. Yeah. Uh, and that leads on to a few things. So apple cider vinegar can be really great in those circumstances. Adding that into the diet uh, can, again, help to adjust the gut flora. Somebody's already mentioned about bone broths and the improvements in gut flora that that can give. Um, 
there are some things certainly with regards to the stuff we talked about last week, actually, that Nikki Kamek's getting into, and I'm not going to try and say the word again, but looking at the metabolites that come out and working out what is going on with the hormones. And there's so many hormones that we're still just getting into understanding how they interact with the system that could be acting a little bit like um, insulin growth factor, you know, uh, and there's the other things with regards to, um, you know, why we're thinking thyroid, but yet suddenly the thyroid isn't affected. Um, you know, some other hormones may be being released by those gut flora or indeed, you know, elsewhere in the body that we just don't know enough about how that works to work it out just yet. You know, so many hormonal things that can be really hard to, to understand and find out um, and are generally way down the list, but need to be investigated if you've got persistent um, weight um, gain, uh, even though you've got minuscule amounts of food going in, etc. Talk to you there, and if you're not making progress, then maybe ask if you if you could see somebody who does have that that broad metabolic uh, uh, approach. I would say that would be yeah. a very good. Boys, last uh, minute, last minute. Ask, uh, yeah. Julie Langley's uh, great question here. What about a dog that's on meds that increase their appetite, and make them extra hungry? Epileptic meds. This dog is on. I have a lab struggling, and he needs to lose weight, but he's on epileptic meds. That's a good question. I'd say uh, uh, look after that liver. Really get some, uh, get the schizandras, the baburums, uh, the dandelions. Really look after that liver. Uh, your friend um, uh, Lustig, uh, Connor, look after the liver, nurture the gut. Yeah. He, he's written a book called Metabolical, which is a, one yeah. of my favorites, where he mm. take, takes a, a machine gun to the medical establishment, the, yeah. the, 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 the food medical establishment. And uh, he says, look after your liver, nurture the gut. Yeah. And C those are his two top, top, Maybe top. Maybe CBD could come into it. If the dog's on a nice lean diet already, Julie, and she, she, mm. raw fat is the best you can do. Uh, is it ketogenic? You know, really? ketogenic will actually also improve, you know, the epilepsy side of things. That's been proven, CBD, you know, RBC did studies on that. So, yeah, you know, just really looking at um, trying to satiate them with fats and protein and keep off the, the carb can actually also help um, yeah. in those circumstances. And jam in the yeah. CB, CB, CBD oil. CBD yeah. and MCT, MCT yeah. oil. You mentioned anti-inflammatory herbs. Uh, Brian, spit them out there. Oh, yeah. Two people asked them. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so, you know, we've got uh, a few things like turmeric. You know, you've got your um, things like uh, the frankincense, which is boswellia. Um, those are some really good anti-inflammatory herbs, you know, just to help with movement and reduce general inflammation in the body. Um, quercetin and a few things yeah, like that yeah. that's out yeah. there. Nick, you've got any other additions in that? Uh, I would go with echinacea, good old echinacea. Yeah. You, if you're struggling, you need astragalus. That's a, a, a goodie. Uh, also, uh, withania. You know, uh, most mm. herbs are anti-inflammatory. Most herbs are antioxidant, but there are some stronger in that department. For some... Some of you guys out there that are really worried about, well, is it just straight herbs? How do you get dosings and things like that? There are some brands out there. Your vets now uh, will generally have access to a lot of the NutriVet products, a lot of the VetPro products, which pre-dose these herbs within yeah. them because they're starting to understand that actually, um, you know, they can be really useful across the board yeah. for 
um, the anti-inflammatory properties. Yeah, and jack up your jack up your omega three, the fabulous natural anti-inflammatory for the body. Yes, oils, indeed, oils yeah. up the joints. Uh, and yeah, yeah. you want to lose the weight slowly. You're not trying to starve the weight off the dog. Your dog doesn't have to eat less food. He just has to eat smarter. Uh, so mm. you don't have to have this tiny meal that, you know, we'll, start, we'll give the dog the same amount of carbohydrates, but that's important, this light dry food, and we'll just give him a tiny amount of it. The poor Labrador, and to stand his stomach, he needs 10% of his body weight. So a 40 kilo mm. overweight lab, you need four kilos of food. And so like that would just be, you're giving him a handful of these tiny carbohydrate nuts. So that's not the way it has to be supplements, the bit of exercise, the anti-inflammatory herbs, the bit of hydrotherapy maybe, or acupuncture to get the joints moving. All that stuff will help. And a gradual weight mm. loss, because if you do the sudden weight loss, you get the problem Brent said at the start. That's why these crash diets result in weight gain after it. You need to, it's a, it's a complete change of lifestyles putting out the carbs and sugar. It's not just granulated sugar, it's honey, fruit, bread, spaghetti, rice, white starchy, even peas and carrots for a while for us. Uh, that's it gets easier then once you get rid of that sweet good floor and you get a good floor that craves the good food, then you start getting this uh, serotonin hit for eating good quality food. It becomes easy to stay healthy once you've broken the back of it. But those first couple of weeks, it's a pure addiction, guys, and it is hardcore to break. I went back on my e-cigarette for about three weeks before Christmas, four weeks before Christmas. So I had that. I had my increase in drinking, which I like to do in December time, November, let's face it, maybe October. <laughs> and I started eating loads of junk food. And on January 1st, I said, right, I'm getting rid of it all, okay? And I've broken one of them. What one did I break? Sugar. Day two. I ate a whole big mm. thing of fudge that was like a family bar of sugar and fat. And I ate it nearly crying. Oh, no. But <laughs> I've been good on everything else. But, but holy God, like, if I wasn't back in the gym, I'd be, I'd be it. So anyway, guys, next week, Nick. Patrick Holford is... Holden. Holden? Je- is it Holden? That's Holden. Patrick Holden. Holden. Holden, is it? Holden. Patrick Holden. Holden. Sure, Patrick Holden, Holden. is the uh, Institute of <laughs> Optimal Nutrition, I think. Oh, so we're interviewing the wrong guy then. <laughs> Patrick Holden. One of those arrangements, quickly, cancel him. <laughs> he's the main guy at the Sustainability Food Trust. So he's talking about how do we feed ourselves in the future? How do we feed our kids? How do we feed our dogs in the future sustainably? And the, the answer is that it is possible to have really fantastic mixed farms and to, to, to eat meat in the future. We don't eat, all need to eat impossible burgers. In fact, I think that that is the antithesis of the future of food. It's not ultra-processed food. It's getting back to how we've been eating for the last yeah. 6,000 years. Yeah. Good agriculture. Modern agriculture is not great, but he's going to be telling us how we can make it sustainable for the for generations to come, and I'm really excited. It's so important to have, to have him, Patrick I think, Holden. I, I think the next yeah. stick that the raw the raw industry is going to be beaten with after the hazardous microbiology passes, and it'll pass because it's just ridiculous. It so uh, it'll pass, but the next thing will be carbon, and it will be the pressure will come on raw feeders who are feeding pure meat to their dogs, and as this move comes to feeding more vegetarian diets than what our meat eaters. Uh, the, the pressure will come on and that's the next thing so we need to get smart and understand that actually it's the farming methods as Nick said this interview next week guys should be really really good it's an eye opener for anyone that thinks there is absolutely no way for meeting the planet actually they probably play a very critical role in regenerating our soils sucking yes. in carbon from the atmosphere and you're like what I thought it was the opposite yes that's what we have been sold as a pup but very interesting, guys. I strongly recommend this one. Nick is right. This is one of the most fascinating subjects out there at the moment. 
Um, yeah, thanks for all of you guys who are donating to uh, Patreon. You know, the, um, great to chew the fat with you guys. <laughs>